This podcast is part of the Robots Radio Rocket Club, a program designed to help all podcasts reach their full potential. For information about joining the Robots Radio Rocket Club, check out robotsradio.net. Hello, and welcome to the Assassin's Creed Lorecast. We are so excited to bring you this show. Our podcast is all about unraveling all of your favorite mysteries from the Assassin's Creed games. Each episode, we'll be talking about a different topic in the Assassin's Creed universe. From Pieces of Eden, Solar Flares, and the Isu, to the Hidden Ones, the Order of Ancients, and of course, the Animus, we will seek to uncover it all. So join us, and maybe even take a leap of faith. Welcome to the Assassin's Creed Lorecast. My name is Shelby. You can also call me She Cup, and I'm one of your co-hosts for this show. And today I'm super excited to be here with my other host. Yeah, I'm Austin, also known as Teacup, and I am excited to bring this topic to you. So I may have heard through the grapevine of our show notes that this is the last uh, Pieces of Eden that we're covering for a while. It is the last Pieces of Eden that we're covering for a while. We have a couple um, pieces that we have not covered that are kind of offshoots or like specific pieces of subgroups of Pieces of Eden. But this is really kind of coming to the close. And we're talking about two today. Well, I'm kind of sad. It's a momentous occasion. We'll just have to wait to see what Mirage brings with new pieces of Eden. Yeah, I feel like there will definitely be something. I don't think it's an Assassin's Creed game if there's not a piece of Eden in it. I agree. Has there ever been an Assassin's Creed game without one? I don't think so. There is one. There is one that we have not talked about. That is the piece of Eden from Assassin's Creed Rogue. But I am not really sure how to tackle that one. And we may just end up tackling about that when we talk a deep dive into Shay's character. Why are you unsure on how to talk about it? Just because it's weird. Okay, that makes sense. I mean, I get that. But today, we are still in Assassin's Creed Valhalla. I feel like this season has been super-duper Valhalla-focused. I feel like Valhalla is a very lore-driven game, even though it doesn't seem like it on the surface. Um, So we've been in Valhalla for a long time, I feel like. Yeah. I've said this before. I've said a lot of things about Valhalla, but I do think that if you put it up as an Assassin's Creed game, it is a game about the Isu. I very much agree with that, even though I haven't played it. And so it makes sense to me because the Isu are the ones who are the focus of Assassin's Creed Valhalla and the Assassins and Hidden Ones kind of take a back seat and are just kind of present for events rather than driving events. And so 
I think that's why it kind of feels like it's not an Assassin's Creed game because it's a Isu Creed game, I guess. Right, absolutely. Um, but so we are still in this game. So we're talking about two pieces of Eden that come from Valhalla, and that is Mjolnir and Gungnir, right? Yes. All right. Well, let's uh, let's just dive right in if you're ready. All right. Well, we're going to start with Mjolnir. Uh, so obviously, via pop culture with the Avengers and Marvel being big right now, we know Mjolnir, or as it was affectionately called by Darcy in the MCU, Mjolnir, is the legendary hammer wielded by Thor, able to channel lightning. It gives Thor his powers, and Marvel, you know, whoever be worthy will have the power. And that's kind of like what we think of when we think of this hammer. And that's kind of accurate to Norse uh, mythology, but there's a little more. So I have a little mythology facts that come into there and one it has to do with the etymology or like the origins of the word and so like many things that you will find when it regards to mythology religious beliefs or other like ancient historical studies scholars are not in agreement on what is exactly going on right now that is so shocking to me i am not being sarcastic at all yes so I thought this was really interesting, though. So I'm not going to bore you all with the different details of different forms of Norse language and how all that works and other languages influencing the Norse language because they were, you know, nomadic in a way. So they did interact with a lot of other cultures and that influenced their language when they were developing. But it has been translated that Mjolnir means can mean one of three things. The lightning maker to shining lightning weapon, real specific. And then this one just really just kind of came out of left field for me. The grinder. I guess Thor, you know, was really into dating apps. I would not classify grinder as a dating app. Um, um, that is this podcast is PG. <laughs> that is the PG version of talking about grinder. We're literally three minutes into the episode and have already gotten real off base. It's not even dark outside. It's barely the weekend still as of recording this. I mean, we really, we really went, um, way into left field you know who would be proud of us genesis and i was Ravana. just, just <laughs> gonna mention them if you want to talk about the grinder app more you can go check out the two girls one ship podcast okay okay they don't talk about grinder let let me be real for a minute they talk about romances and you know, all of the things that have to do with romances, which is sex, in their podcast. They're amazing. I know for a fact they're going to get into Assassin's Creed relatively soon. So this is the shout out. Go take a listen into their podcast because they're awesome. But don't misrepresent them, Austin. <laughs> I'm just saying they have mentioned Grinder way more than we ever have. I don't uh, even think they've ever mentioned Grinder on the I podcast. Know, you know what? I sure cut this conversation out. Uh, <laughs> I will do no such thing. Anyway, so that's all the. Well, no, I have one more in mythology. The other thing is in North 
mythology, the hammer was said to also grant blessings to the user, which is also why you would see it often depicted as necklaces or emblems in Norse and Danish culture, because it was a symbol of blessing. Um, I guess my big question that you may or may not have the answer to is, is, is Mjolnir as it's depicted, especially in the Thor movies, accurate ish to like how it's really depicted in Norse mythology? Like, is it accurate at all? Is it, you know, is it on par? So yes and no, because we're talking about the mythologies, much like the Roman mythology or the Greek mythology that spans thousands of years and develops over time and changes, it depends on, you know, when you're talking about in Norse mythology, on what Mjolnir does. And even if Mjolnir exists at all, he's in it. It's mentioned in a couple of epics and poems related to Norse mythology. And one thing that we'll talk about, especially when we get to our next uh, weapon, uh, Gungir, Gungnir, that's what it is, um, it's unclear whether or not the weapons themselves have power or if it is the god using the weapon to channel their own power, which we do kind of see that if you've watched Thor Ragnarok, like, you know, when Odin says to Thor, he's like, are you the god of hammers? Like, what is actually the power of Thor? And he says the hammer was more just a conduit for what your own power. And so... Right, and I also think you see that with the whole ideology behind Thor's hammer in Marvel, that you're only able to pick it up if you're worthy. Mm -hmm. Not just like, oh, you have to be strong enough or you have to channel like the power that it has. Like, you have to be noble of yourself. Right. And so, I, yes and no. It. I would say that it is very much inspired by Norse mythology, but it is not one for one. Sure. And same thing with what's happening in Assassin's Creed, too. So we don't really know a lot about these two items other than because we really don't ever see them until they show up as attainable weapons in Assassin's Creed Valhalla. And the reason I'm even talking about them at all is because they're named and associated with specific Isu. And so the kind of history of the hammer is really like the hammer is wielded by Thor and shares a powerful connection with his personalized armor. And even to a point of like, you have to be wearing the armor to even be able to get it. You have to gather all the pieces of Thor's armor, be wearing every piece to even pick up the hammer. That seems a little extra. <laughs> well, it's a strong weapon in the game. Okay, gotcha. So when Thor dies, dies in the Great Catastrophe, his hammer is lost in the mountains of Norway until Eivor Wolfkiss would retrieve the weapon in the 9th century CE. So that's really all we know about its deeds. Uh... So it's kind of powers vary, like, depending on who's using it. Despite its legends, when you use it as Eivor, you cannot shoot lightning from the hammer. It will not let you fly like it does Thor in Marvel. Um, what it does do is just kind of increase stun damage, which I guess is its lightning property. So in at AC Valhalla, you can basically kind of like break someone's guard 
And if you do that, you can like do a finishing move on them. And so the hammer increases your ability to do that. So it, even though it is a piece of Eden, it is Isu technology, it does not manifest any other abilities of other pieces of Eden. It can't influence your mind. It can't shoot beams. It can't do any of this, the things that you expect a piece of Eden to be able to do. Other than looking that if it was made of Isu technology and have an electric glow around it. So just to reiterate, there's no like lightning powers that it gives the user. It's very fast and it stuns enemies and it does have some lightnings. And I can't remember if it like does a lightning effect when you hit or not, but it doesn't like give you lightning damage. It doesn't increase anything like that. Gotcha. So you can't uh, become one with the storm. <laughs> no. In Visions of Asgard, though, we do see Thor fight with the hammer and he does cool lightning things with the hammer. Uh, when you're fighting the Jotuns. And then, as I said before, the hammer can be retrieved in AC Valhalla by wearing the complete set of Thor's armor, a nod to the armor and hammer having a connection. And that's really all we know about Mjolnir. Wow. Um, I I feel like, I guess I wonder if they'll do more with this in the future, um, because it's such an iconic weapon. It's such an iconic part of Norse mythology and and piece of Thor's story that it kind of surprises me. It feels like almost an afterthought in this game. What's, what are your thoughts? I think so in a lot of places. And I think that with how it goes and so much was focused on so much story was focused on Odin and Loki and Tyr and Fenrir the wolf and all of that story in the, Asgard Jotunheim arcs of AC Valhalla that everything else is just kind of like an odd to more Norse mythology, you know, and mm -hmm. like, you know, the same was true in Assassin's Creed Odyssey. I mean, we can find Poseidon's trident, but I mean, we don't ever we're not given it by Poseidon. We do meet Poseidon, but we're not like given it by him. We're not embracing there. And all it does is let you breathe underwater which I just have equipped always because that way I can just explore the water and not have to worry about breathing. Well, yeah, of course. Yeah, I guess I still find it interesting. Like, I do feel like some of this, some of the Norse mythology stuff that is in Valhalla almost feels, I don't want to say like an afterthought, but it, it feels like it was added later in the development process than maybe the actual base storyline of the game. I don't know if that's off base. What do you think? Like the Valha all the like Asgard stuff? Yeah. I don't necessarily agree with that, mainly because of how fleshed out the Asgard and Jotunheim arcs actually are. Mm -hmm. And story-wise, and the implications that they have both on the Great Catastrophe and kind of what's going on in modern day 2022 or 2020 Assassin's Creed universe. Sure. And maybe that's only my perception of it because I'm, I'm basically getting all of my information about Valhalla secondhand. Mm -hmm. So that, that probably is actually really what's happening more so than whatever. Uh, but anyways. Now I will say like, it is not the Asgard Jotunheim arcs is easy to miss. Like you could play through the whole 
main story and never do those arcs. But they're fleshed out in a point of like they're meant to be a part of the game. Mm-hmm. Any thoughts about Mjolnir before we go to our break? We'll have some reflection on all on both of them together at the end too. Um, I will be really honest. I'm kind of disappointed that it it doesn't let you like have all of the crazy powers that Thor has in in marvel i understand that they didn't do that probably most likely for game you know balance balance and for for the balance of the game and whatnot but um i i'm a little disappointed by that to be honest but other than that i think it's pretty cool that it's included yeah i agree i think another thing about it is that um I just wish that we would get more about it because it's the only hammer of Eden we've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Right. Like there's true. no, there's no classification of hammers of Eden, but it's still classified as like a piece of Eden. Yes, technically, but we'll talk about that later in the episode when we kind of talk about them together. Oh, okay. Then. Well, do you have more thoughts or is now a good time to get into the mid break? I think now's a good time for the mid-break. Makose! Shoot! Shoot the flying demon! Malaka! 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 I get the sense you two are ill-fit for whatever it is you're plotting. (laughs) This one takes us for a fool, brother. We sons of Ragnar have this well under control. No, we do not. Sons of Ragnar. I know of many. But never have I heard of dull and duller. All right. Well, welcome to the break, everyone. This is the time where we talk about all the things that have to do with um, the Assassin's Creed lore cast and not necessarily the lore of Assassin's Creed. So the first thing I have to plug is that the best way to support us, the thing that helps us the most is by supporting us on Patreon. You can become one of our patrons for as little as $5 a month, all the way up to $100 a month. If you really want to support us that much and, and you just love the show that much, that would be great um and so going along with with patreon one of the benefits of becoming a patron at the $20 tier and up is that you get to come on monthly patron episodes and those are actually starting this month the monthly patron episode for february will be recorded on february 17th so make sure you sign up so you can join us we'll talk about all your favorite things in assassin's creed um and whatever really that the patrons vote on. So definitely sign up before February 17th so you can join us on that evening. And then the next best way to support us if you don't have the financial capability is to leave us a review or a rating. If you leave us a five-star rating with some good words, we will read that out on the show. I don't think we have any reviews today. So if you haven't left us a review yet, make sure you do and we'll read it out on the show next time. And then the last thing I have to plug is our Discord server. We have our own 
server that we run and admin. It's We talk all about all of our shows, but we also talk about all kinds of video game news and book clubs and, and funny memes. And we share pictures of our pets and you know the drill by now. I shout us out every week. So it's the best place on the internet. If you haven't joined yet, definitely, you definitely should. So the last thing we have to talk about is... Uh, my playthrough of Black Flag, which has progressed nowhere since the last time I updated you all. I'm so sorry. I've been sick this week. I don't know if you can tell. So I really, I haven't had had the energy to play video games or anything. So my Black Flag playthrough is at a standstill at the very beginning. <laughs> have you even like got off the first island? Um, No, I have not. I have done literally like the first opening scene. I did the first, it's not even really quest, like the first task you're supposed to do. And then I did the second one, I think. And then I haven't done anything past that. So what are you excited about with Black Flag? I am really excited about the pirate um, theme of it all. I you know, was kind of obsessed with pirates as a kid. So I'm pretty excited about that. I hope there are some good female pirates that we get to meet. Fingers crossed. One, I would settle for one. <laughs> Probably not by the look on your face. Um, okay. I don't know what that means. But anyway, moving on. I, so I'm excited for pirates. I love pirates. I, like I said last week, I am nervous about the ship combat. I'm afraid it's going to be hard for me, but I'll power through. Um, Assassin's Creed 3 combat was really hard for me at the beginning and I made it and got it mastered down pat by the end. So um, what else am I excited for? I'm also really excited to learn more about how Haytham became what he became. Like what led him to the circumstances of where he is in Assassin's Creed three, when we first began that game, how did he become Templar Grandmaster? Like how did he get there from his dad's like who his dad is, I guess. Um, so I, that's the big thing that, I am really kind of intrigued by. Well, there are ways you can learn that. Then you could learn that now without spoiling okay. Black Flag too much. Austin, the look on Austin's face is very much, well, you're going to be disappointed. In Black Flag, yes. Their Haytham is only at the very, very end of Black Flag. That kind of sucks. I feel like Haytham kind of gets the shaft, like, they make you think he's the protagonist of Assassin's Creed 3 and then be like, nope, you're going to learn about his son. And then we go to the next game and they're like, oh, you're going to learn about him and his dad. And it's like, no, it's just his dad. You know, he's in. Technically, if you count the end, he is in all three of the colonial. Is that like the America's Assassin's Creed games? Because he's in three, he's at the end of Black Flag, and he's in Rogue. Oh, I thought you were referring to Liberation. I was like, he's not, he's not in Liberation. <laughs> no. Um, but yeah, I think Haytham just, I do think he gets the shaft a lot. We'll talk about Haytham one day in a character deep dive and the things that happened to him. And his life is kind of hard. But I will say, if you want 
more Kenway drama. Of course. The end of Assassin's Creed Black Flag made me do this. Oh, your mouth hit the or your jaw hit the floor. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. Well, that's that's promising at least. Um are there books about Haytham? I can't remember exactly. I'll look that up for you and let you know if there are comics or books. I know that there is story about him before he became Templar Grandmaster. Cool. Well, um, that's promising, but let's get back to these pieces of Eden. All right. Me, Haytham. I come in peace. Why are you speaking so slow? Sorry. What? Um, I, I was told you could train me. No. Go away. I'm not leaving. Yanka! Yanka! Is everything all right? What do you think? Look at this place. I'm poor Bianca. If something's happened to her... Aha! Oh, my darling. Thank God you're all right. Ezio, meet Bianca. Bianca, Ezio. Charmed. So that was Mjolnir that we did in the first half of the episode. And so now we're turning to uh, Gungnir, which is Odin's spear. This is the spear that is wielded by Odin. So this one is actually, I think, a little more interesting in Norse mythology because there's so many variations of information around Odin's spear. So in some Norse myths, the spear is said to be carved from wood of the world tree itself. Now, in Assassin's Creed, we know that's not true because the world tree, Odin predates the world tree. And it is created because of this great catastrophe and everything. In other myths, the spear is crafted by the dwarves and gifted to Odin, similar to how the Cyclopes uh craft Zeus's thunderbolt and gift it to him to topple uh, Kronos. So it is said that Odin started the Aesir-Vanir war by throwing a spear into the heads of the Vanir gods. However, in the poem epic that this story is mentioned in, the spear is not named. So naturally, mythology and historicals and Norse scholars are all in a debate on whether or not this spear is gung near or not which that tracks right to me seems like a pointless thing like you got a spear and you got odin odds are it's the same like it's meant to be the same thing that just particular writer of that poem or epic didn't name the spear in that Right, and like nine times out of ten, this happens because they thought they didn't have to. Like, right, everybody in that time period would have known. Oh, yeah, this is this is Odin's spear. I don't need to explain that. But you know, hundreds of years later, historians don't take anything for granted. So, which is the correct way to do history, but 
Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Not denigrating that at all. It's just funny to me. Right. So there's a lot of things that Gungir does in Norse mythology, but this is not a Norse mythology podcast. This is the Assassin's Creed lore cast. And so we're not going to go in that, but you can go research that on your own, or I'm sure there are tons of Norse mythology podcasts out there that talk about it. Um, so Odin in AC history, Odin carried this spear with him from the basically the beginning of his kind of reign as the leader of the Aesir to the Great Catastrophe. Like Mjolnir, it was lost in the mountains of Norway near an entrance to the World Tree. That's where it's recovered later by Eivor. So yeah, I just think it's interesting that the spear is lodged and hidden in the same place as the World Tree, which was like the last place really Odin was before the Great Catastrophe. Well, do you think that's intentional? I do. So the spear also doesn't have any special like spear of Eden powers. And it doesn't have any kind of like other like spear or staves of Eden powers that are going on right now. And so, but it does do a weird power where it basically projects a force field around it. And that extends the reach of the spear, basically. That's interesting. Like in Norse mythology, it is unclear if the spear had power itself or if it is Odin just used his godly powers to amplify the spear. But in AC Valhalla, in AC Universe, both Mjolnir and the spear are crafted of Isu metal, similar to Swords of Eden and Staves of Eden and Apples of Eden. It's the same kind of metal that is used there. So is and that... So that's, oh, go ahead. Is that different from Mjolnir or is that the same? That's the same as Mjolnir. Gotcha. That's really interesting that they would kind of like... I mean, I get why they would make that distinction because it allows them to connect it to the Isu. But it, it's interesting. Right. So do you have any thoughts on the spear itself before we kind of come into like some wrap up points with this? I guess I have a question. Is there another spear that we've talked about? Spears spear, of Eden? The spear of Leonidas. And Do then there, there's another spear that is part of, that's connected to the Russian czars. So I guess my question then is, is could this spear, Gungnir, be connected to the others? Possibly. It could be, it doesn't exhibit any of the same powers that the other, that the spears give. Or it, like spears and staves are related to each other. Mm -hmm. um, and so they could, they have similar powers, except the spears typically don't have the leadership powers, though, because the spear of Leonidas does. It amplifies the leadership of the wielder. Maybe, maybe not. We need more information to answer that question is what it sounds like. Right. And so... If you, if you don't have any more thoughts about Gungnir itself, this leads up into the kind of like question I just want to talk about as we close out. Um, but I just want to give some general things. There are only four Isu named weapons that are associated with specific Isu. Mjolnir, Gungnir, Poseidon's Trident, and the Staff of Hermes. These are the only ones that are Gungir and Mjolnir are the only ones that are named 
specific names. Like when we find the staff of Hermes, it's called the staff of Hermes. When we find Poseidon's trident, it's just called Poseidon's trident. These are named weapons. Uh, Compared to other pieces of Eden that we talked about, these specific artifacts seem weak as heck. They don't seem that powerful. And so this leads me to kind of like our final discussion question, which is like, are these really pieces of Eden? Or are they just just Isu weapons that became famous because they were used by particular Isu? Yeah, I was actually going to ask that question at the end. Like, to me, these these don't have any special powers, which is kind of where I was going with my question about Mjolnir. Like, it, it doesn't let you, you know, give you access to lightning and, and it doesn't let you fly. It doesn't give you any of these kind of supernatural powers that we're used to associating with pieces of Eden. So I, I guess I was wondering if you thought that was intentional or if you think it's just like a byproduct of, you know, we've kind of exhausted all the ideas for pieces of Eden and these are the ones we have left over or if there's something else entirely that's happening with it. I think I think that this is what happened. They were making this game and they said, oh, it's Viking related. We're going to have a heavy Norse mythology theme. We're going to have like Odin and all this like Isu stuff going on. Well, the most po- popular artifact that the pop culture around us knows is Mjolnir. Like we all know that's that hammer. We all know what it does. We all know its association based on Marvel and Thor and that popularity. And so they said, well, we have to have that in the game. Like we can't make this game and not have this artifact in here. And they said, well, we're focusing on Odin. So let's put Odin's spear in there too. And we'll make those obtainable weapons. And then, you know, gameplay and design takes it from there and they make it to how it looks and then it's power. So it's not too upsetting to the like game economy and balance and combat and all those things go into that. But I really think it was just a, let's have some Norse things and we pick these two. And so everyone else figure it out. Right. And so then there's like not a lot of writing codex Mm -hmm. entries that go along with that because they're obtainable items. Like you just, it's a one and done kind of situation. Right. And so I think that this point, like, and if we compare it to other pieces, other like Isu weapons that we can get in the game. So we can, there's two others that we can get. We can find Excalibur, which is a great sword. And we can find a bow called Noden's Ark. And both of those are extremely more powerful than these two artifacts that present itself. Now, I know there's going to be metagamers and power gamers out there who are going to go, well, Austin, spears are the most OP weapon in AC Valhalla. And I I know, I know that. But if you take it from like what it does from like a gameplay mechanic, like you feel more powerful when you wield Excalibur than you do Mjolnir or Gunnir. Like... When you really Excalibur, it does what a Sword of Eden is supposed to do. So I guess my question follow up to that is, is Excalibur and the Ark that you mentioned, are they both obtainable in Assassin's Creed Valhalla as well or somewhere else? Yes. So you're saying all four of these Isu weapons are all in Valhalla. So is this like a new category you feel like they're trying to create or just... Well, we know Excalibur was a documented Sword of Eden. So we know that that's classified in the 
pieces of Eden sword category. Bowden's Ark, we haven't really seen bows of Eden. I think it's just a matter of like, it's two things. It's let's let's make these powerful weapons that you have to go through like hoops and stuff to jump to obtain because of these weapons, Gunnir is the easiest to obtain because you just walk up and you find it. Thor, Mjolnir, you have to find all of Thor's armor pieces, which require you to beat three very, very hard, like, ghost bosses and very difficult, high-level ghost bosses. And you have to kill all the members of the Order of Ancients. You cannot get it until you kill... You cannot get the last piece of Thor's armor until you kill all of the Order of Ancients. That's interesting. I think... Oh, go ahead. And then... Excalibur, you have to find these like 12 tablets that are hidden around in tombs and on certain order of ancient members. And so that takes a long time. And you've got to hunt that down. And then Noden's Ark, you can only get if you have Excalibur and you hit a particular rock at sunset. That's random. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I do feel like I feel like your hypothesis that maybe these are isu weapons rather than pieces of eden is you're onto something for sure here which i think i think that just goes based on their their power output like i wouldn't i wouldn't want one of these over say a staff of eden or an apple of eden or even just like the shroud or the ring of eden that can protect me from projectiles you know right this would be the last thing i chose and I would be kind of sad about it if, if I ended up with it. Right. So do you have any last things? Because I've got some quotes about it. And then yeah, go, ahead we'll with, go ahead with your quotes. All right. So I brought the text. Like when you get the items, this is the text that is associated with the items. So for Thor, it says the legendary hammer that once belonged to Thor, a great being from the precursor race only the bravest warriors properly attired can hope to wield it um and then with gunnir uh the legendary spear once wielded by odin himself it is said that the fine weapon never missed its mark only you can ensure that when using gunnir that you never missed ever right that would be uh, game breaking i feel it would so and then Eivor, unfortunately, doesn't say anything when they retrieve Mjolnir, but there is, like, a big scene with lightning and then pulling it out. And to find it, you're said to, like, follow the thunder, which, again, is a nod to Thor being the god of thunder. But it's I thought it was interesting that when Odin finds, or when Eivor finds Gunnir, they say, basically, a strange place to find a spear like Odin's. Gungnir, is that you? As if, like, Eivor has an intimate relationship with the spear. Like, that's Odin speaking through them. Or, almost like the spear itself is sentient. Right. Like, it has a life of its own. Right. Again, this, like, this points to Gungnir being more aligned with a piece of Eden, but again, like, it comes back to that thing, like, are they really? I don't really think I would classify them in with the other pieces of Eden. Yeah, I I definitely see what you're saying for sure there. 
Yeah, and especially when you compare them to the World Tree, the Eye, the Koninor, like... Yeah, absolutely. The Apples, for sure. Right. The Observatory, like, all of these things going in there. All right, well, that's all I got. All right, well, this was interesting. Um, If you don't have anything else, I think we're good to wrap it up. All right, well, let's wrap it up then. Okay, well, thank you so much for listening to the Assassin's Creed Lorecast. We'll see you next week. listening to the assassin's creed lorecast you can find us on twitter at ac lorecast if you have any lore questions or topics to unpack join our cups podcasting and more discord server it's the best place on the internet you can also support us financially through our patreon find us on patreon.com assassin's creed lorecast the assassin's creed lorecast is part of the robots radio network for more information about the robots radio network join the discord server via the link in our episode's description if you enjoyed the show or learned something new today please subscribe leave us a review and join the patreon And if you enjoyed our intro and outro music, make sure you give a big thank you to Pipe Man Studios. Thank you, Pipe Man. Thanks again for listening to the Assassin's Creed Lorecast. And always remember, Assassins, stay in the shadows to serve the light. When a wasteland detective and a vault girl cross paths, no criminal is safe. You're both under arrest. Don't move a muscle if you know what's good for you. Based in Bethesda's Fallout series, follow Walter and Bunny as they traverse the Texas Commonwealth and New Vegas, busting big crime rings. We'll need all we can to expand into Vegas territory. And surviving anything the wasteland can throw at them. It's him! It's the Mothman! Featuring a series of nail-biting narratives and guest stars from across the Fallout community. It's anybody's guess what thrilling case is up next. War never changes, does it, Bonnie? No, it certainly does not. True Vault Escapades, a Fallout audio drama. Available anywhere you get podcasts. Podcasts.